0: At the same time, another organization was starting up a guerrilla tourism program trying to uh, find ways that the forest could generate income sustainably without being harvested, without being cut down, without killing animals, uh, so that that provided income both to pay for the management of the park itself, to pay for the salaries of the rangers and the guides and the park staff and and the maintenance of the forest, but also to generate income for the local communities. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you never see anything like this.
1: Now, gorilla tourism is seen as the answer to conservation. It's based on the simple economic principle that there is more money to be made from tourist dollars than from selling off natural resources.
2: We stopped timber companies or timber harvesting in Ibuindi, and we earn a lot more money from the Great Ape's tourism, from the Gola tourism, than we would ever earn from timber production.
1: We respect the gorilla because of tourism. It's a bigger income to our country.
0: And what's also very
1: wonderful about the gorillas coming, gorilla tourism beginning, is that the local community's perceptions of conservation have changed significantly because they now see the gorillas as a sustainable source of income for them. Revenue from tourism trickles down to communities via job creation and extra trade, but there is also a scheme that puts a percentage of park interest fees directly into the hands of local people.
3: You know there is some little money which normally comes in some parishes every year. We call it revenue sharing. That money comes from Owa, they tell us that it is money which these whites normally contribute to visit this park to help the, 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 the citizens who live around the park.
1: In the beginning, everything like wildlife, to me, it was like useless because there was nothing I was benefiting from them. Even the many local people were just you know, taking anything as if it was nothing and then they could chop the trees down, they could kill the animals, anyhow. But now things have changed. Everybody is now putting on pressure on conservation. We are benefiting from wildlife. Everybody is benefiting from tourism. Any long term plan needed to be profitable and offer sustainable livelihoods to local communities. Gorilla tourism has done this with some surprising results. In 2006, a census found a total of 340 gorillas in the park, an astonishing 12% increase in the population over the preceding decade.
2: We can begin to talk about a very positive trend in the conservation of uh, Bwindi and the gorilla specifically. We have seen a steady rise in the gorilla population, and the habitat is still large enough to accommodate a few more gorilla families. But. Is the integrated conservation and development
1: approach supported by the money from tourism really sustainable? Is it the answer to saving the
0: gorillas? What doesn't always work as well, or which perhaps is a bit unrealistic, is to think that through these ICD projects you're going to improve people's livelihoods so much. I mean you're talking about maybe helping people to move from being very poor to poor, but they're still poor. And so just because they may be able to cultivate more crops, raise some goats, doesn't mean to say that they still don't have great needs which could still be met by by getting resources from the park.
3: You cannot be in charge of the minds of the people. The needs of the people keep changing day by day. Uh, There are quite many people people around here, for example, who still feel, even if you gave them alternatives or substitutes for bushmeat, who still feel that bushmeat is what they need. What would you do with them? They would still have to get back into the forest to trap. So I think fortress conservation and integrated conservation development approaches have to be combined. And the kind of management that brings about that is what we call adaptive management. You adapt the management according to situation.